0: Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Hey, I want to welcome Brad Lord to Last in Line Podcast. Brad has been an educator and a coach in the state of Georgia for a long time. He has coached baseball. He's coached football. Um, I'm sure he's probably coached a lot of other sports as well. Um, We didn't get a whole lot into some of that, but we did get into his childhood and leadership and parenting lessons that Brad has learned. His childhood was very unique, Um, had some issues with uh, his mother and his father being away a lot. His mom had him having a a different lifestyle occasionally and was subjecting Brad to some times alone in the house, some suspect uh, friends that would frequent in and out of their home. Um, And so Brad came across some interesting characters and he tells some stories about how his friends and uh, him had to, really kind of defend themselves against uh, a couple of uh, not so stable individuals. And I won't let the cat out of the bag, but he's got some stories that you would almost think Hollywood should uh, consider making into a movie. And, you know, Brad is transparent about a lot of the problems that he went through. um, But he's also transparent about how it, it shaped who he is a little bit and how he had to learn some things the hard way as a, parent and a husband so we get into some basic leadership stuff and and you'll hear brad's heart and and brad's faith journey and uh just some mentors in his life and the way that he really takes parenting seriously and really feels like his job is to to change uh his you know family tree in that regard and to change the course of his kids lives in a good way as opposed to what he grew up with so it's going to be an interesting talk you're going to enjoy this um You might walk away kind of scratching your head like, wow, I can't believe he actually made it through that. And and he did, and he's turned out really well to impact young people in the education system. Uh, So without any more from me, I want to welcome Brad Lord to Last In Line Podcast. All right, so uh, finally get to do this with a guy that I feel like I've known for a while just from a distance. Uh, Brad Lord, welcome to Last In Line Podcast.
1: Yeah, John Man, I love what you're doing and I appreciate you having me on. I'm honored man, it's been to be f- here.
0: Fun to know sort of s- some mutual guys, and then we get connected, and then you kind of help me get connected with Brad Johnson from, you know, the NFL uh Super Bowl champ, Brad Johnson. We all know who he is, but yeah, I appreciate that. And that was a great episode. But um I heard your story uh on a mutual friends podcast Tim Douglas. Uh, I'm glad he's back with Inspired Way Podcast but um and I I really had to reach out and get you on here. I don't know what's taking me so long, but um thanks for supporting us and and uh I sent you something actually I think yesterday. So you you should be getting that next week sometime. Um hope you like it. But we want to go into your background I and mean, I think for those that didn't hear Tim's and I don't know that we have a 100% crossover on our podcast but uh, man, your your childhood was a little unorthodox from the standpoint of having great role models as parents, and you know, parents who were always present and interested in in helping you out. So, help us understand where you came from, kind of the grind that was your childhood, and and then we'll we'll talk about some other stuff.
1: But yeah, yeah. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to Jeff and Tim. So I was a part of the a group they had called uh mighty warrior council, mighty warrior council. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a men's mastermind group. And um, just being with them really helped me uh, kind of really open up about my past and like what, um, you know, my insecurities and uh, the things that I feel may have caused my insecurities. And I just believe, I don't feel like I'm some sort of victim. I wasn't abused as a child or anything like that but uh, maybe if you wanted to call anything a um, victim of circumstance or a product of my circumstances, uh, my parents, uh, I grew up in, my parents were married. They, my mother passed away in 2009 um, to lung cancer and which was, you know, it was hard. It was really hard to deal with. Uh, But my dad, my dad stayed married to her. They were, uh, I wouldn't say it was the, the happiest marriage, but they they were married. And uh but when I was a child, um, you know, I found well just to back up real quick. I found out after my mom's passing, she she had she had a lot of mental health issues. And I kind of knew this um growing up because she was she had been in and out of a couple of hospitals. But uh so growing up, um my parents I just, they fought a lot. I mean, you know, parents do that, but this was, they, it was just very unstable. And, uh, it was usually finances, but my mother also had, she had a boyfriend. She's had several boyfriends when I was growing up. Okay. Um, and when I say boyfriends, it wasn't like these, these aren't like guys you want your kids around. It was like, she would, my dad worked at the railroad. He's a hardworking guy. He was going a lot. Um, he worked. If you know anybody that works for railroads, their shifts yeah. are just they're they're everywhere. So like some some days it would be nights in a row he's gone, and sometimes it'd be he'd leave like early in the morning and going all day, you know that sort of thing. But anytime he was gone at night, it was uh, you know my mother would um, have have a guy over or have, and there was one guy in particular that I'll get to in a minute, but or she would take me to these people's houses or I say houses, they were trailers. Uh, now I have an aunt that lives in a double wide trailer. I have nothing against trailers but these. Were, these were single wide and they were not, you know, they're very, very rundown places. And I just remember these men with like really long hair and tattoos and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big almond brother fan from, from making, but, um, <laughs> you know, these are not the kind of people you want your kids around. Right. And, um, so these are things that I just had to keep secret from my dad. You know, it was just, it was, I was told and persuaded, mm-hmm. whether it was through toys or whatever, like, you know, I can't, I can't tell these secrets to my, to my dad. Cause I mean, obviously he'd be upset and I'm, mm-hmm. um, but there was this one man named Herbie. Okay. And Herbie was a drug addict. Um, he was homeless uh, he lived in a camper behind the Exxon station um, off of 475 that was right behind our neighborhood and right here in Macon, Georgia. And um, Herbie became herbie, Herbie was in my life probably since I was seven or eight till I graduated high school. I mean, this was an on and off relationship with, with my mother. And, you know, if things were good between them two, it was or either he was in jail one um, things were peaceful, right? Things were peaceful around the neighborhood, around the house. Um, somewhat between my parents, maybe, but if things weren't peaceful, Herbie was basically like a stalker. He would come around, uh, knock on our windows. Uh, and I'm just, a, am a kid. I'm a small child. This is before cell phones. So like, and he'd call and hang up, call and hang up, call and hang up. And so we'd get to the point where we just have to, Leave her phone off the hook, and um, just as a kid, this was this was scary. Okay, it was mm-hmm. it was really scary because you, you didn't know what this guy was going to do. Uh, that, that was he would flatten our tires with a knife. This happened. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times this happened. I, I don't even know it was multiple times, and not just our tires. He would flatten our neighbors' tires. <clears throat> so it was this is not just affecting me or my family, or it was affecting people that I lived around. Um, and I couldn't imagine like what, you know, my dad had to go through, you know I mean? This is what not, obviously it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this guy's, um, my, it's obvious my mother's having some extramarital affairs, you know, um, and I'm a only child. So I'm like, I don't have You know, I I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't know how to compare my story to anybody's. It's just my story. But I know that, you know, some kids that I know have gone through hard times, they had a sibling to kind of rely on. It was just kind Mm -hmm. of hard for me just being alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it really just made me uh, feel really uh, quiet. I've always been a real quiet kid when I was growing up. I didn't talk a lot. Uh, kind of walked with my head down low a lot. I, I remember a counselor when I was in fourth grade. I you know I'd always walk with my hands in my pockets and my my head kind of looking towards the ground. And I I remember a counselor telling me, "Hey, look confident. You know, hold your head up and take your hands out of your pockets." So that's something I've always remembered. Like I wow. even consciously go through that, that, that now. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Herbie would. I, th- would terrorize our house and my family. And and then sometimes my mom would just make up with them just so that would stop kind of deal. You know, it was yeah. just, it was an ongoing cycle. My, my whole childhood. And I remember one instance in particular that when my dad was at work and I was uh, about 15. So I was, I was an adolescent i wasn't i wasn't driving yet but i wasn't um yeah. you know i wasn't like a little kid anymore either uh but i think i had like my first girlfriend over right we were, and i had some of my best friends over uh one was his name's josh moody uh he's got he's got a huge instagram follow i always try to give him a shout out it's old mulkey green he's a He's a fisherman. He's got, he's hilarious. Please go follow him. <laughs> um, and then my other friend, Jeremy was over and we were, I mean, it was very innocent. We were just hanging out in my backyard. I had a stereo. I was listening to music. We built a fire. Okay. And we're just hanging out and well, and my girlfriend got picked up and then, um, we're out in my front yard, maybe go in my house a little bit. We go back outside to the backyard where the fire was and all our stuff's gone. It's disappeared. All right, and we know it's Herbie, we know, but it's just kind of creepy. He's there, like watching us the whole time, just sitting in the back of my woods and behind my house. But so, my dad was at work. Um, so we called Josh's dad, and his his nickname is Moon Pie, but just a country redneck, you know, just a good old boy, you know, one of the nicest guys you want to ever meet, but you don't want to cross him, right. And so we call Josh's dad. He comes and picks us up. He's he had a at the time he had a, like an '89 F150 four by four, which is a beautiful bright red truck. So we hop in his truck and we're we're riding around looking for him, like in all the hiding spots that um that we uh, that we have, like all the trails that you know we yeah. made all these trails in our in our um through these wooded green patches in our neighborhood, and well, we're looking for him. We ride behind the Exxon station, looking like trying to get our stuff back and we couldn't find him. So we come back to my house or just, he was going to drop me off. And before I, I go, I make it up my stairs to my or like on porch. And they are like, he's under the, he's under the car. He's under the car. So Herbie was hiding under the car. And so Josh's dad's like, I was like, call 911. So I called the police to get the police come over. And then Herbie tries to run and Josh's dad tackles him. Moonpie tackles him on the ground, and Josh gets on his legs. And then I come and I get on his legs, and we hold this man down until the cops get there. The cops are like, we could press charges on y'all, or he or he could press charges on y'all for for this. on y'all. Yeah, I'm like, that's about right. And I'm like, oh my god, really? Like, he's right? Got, he's got all our stuff and all this. <laughs> that was a regular thing for the. Police to um, come over and uh, I, let me. I need to text my wife real quick. She's yeah, 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 yeah. I
0: actually had a mind text right. me too, I hate to make you edit that out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I was just making sure she's good because she texted me something, but no, we're good. Uh, well, I, I think it's worth talking about um, from the standpoint of. Well, just for my curiosity, and whoever's listening, maybe did your dad ever confront Old Herbie? Did he ever oh, find man. out who he was? I, I was
1: glad you asked that. Um, <laughs> I'm dying to know. I got another. I got another story. Um, <laughs> so there was one time, and I was asleep during all this. Okay. All right, we did get our stuff back, by the way. That that one night, and the cops coming over to my house was a regular thing. Mm. Okay. It was like it was normal. Um hold on real quick. Yep. My son got in trouble at school today and she wants to talk to him. <laughs> okay. Braden, come here. Talk to mommy. All right, sorry about that. All right. All right, so did my dad ever confront Herbie? Yeah. Uh, that, yes, uh, I will say yes, and I, I wanna, I'll want i tell tell this story to uh, tell you how it happened. So there all was right. another night, and I don't know what all went down. I don't remember exactly, but I had a, a really – one of my best friends lived right across the street from me, and his dad was somehow related to Herbie, okay? Mm. Like Herbie was adopted or something like that. All right. And and Herbie was like the construction worker type guy. And Bubby's dad, my friend Bubby, his dad was somewhat in construction, too. So um, but they were somehow related. Well, something went down. Maybe Herbie was roaming around the neighborhood, riding his bike or whatever. And he was going around uh, flattening tires or whatever. I think he, he had gotten a lock and beat. The windshield in on my mom's car like there was a big old hole in it and well he's riding his bike around and um so Bubby's dad there, there's a bunch of people involved my, but my friend Bubby his dad my dad came home from work and all some stuff was going on Bubby's dad jumped he was riding on a, Herbie was riding a bike down this hill close to my house Bubby's dad jumped on the bike behind him, like on the bike, stuck a gun down his throat and they crashed. My dad happens to come home and like beats him with a crowbar. Yeah. And then on another occasion, um, he was, my dad had came home from work one night and he, he saw him in the backyard. My dad had put these huge floodlights in the backyard that light, like, so if you, it was motion. So if you moved, it was like, you could see the whole backyard. All right. It, I mean, it was like security. Like, I mean, it was just yeah. hyper security back there. Um, you moved him, you moved a little bit and like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, well, my dad had saw him back there and he had a, it was a 410 and his, like he kept in his car and shot him in the butt. some uh, birdshot so uh, you know this whole thing wow yeah this this is crazy stuff okay this is crazy
0: well it is Um, (laughs) it is crazy but yeah i mean i guess uh so thinking about your so your relationship with your mom obviously a little rocky and i know you guys uh reconciled a little bit um you know, more toward the end, uh, before yeah. she passed. And, and I don't know about your relationship with your dad. Obviously he was gone a lot working. Um, yeah. And, did, you know, did, my
1: dad and I, my dad did all the right things when he's home. Like we played catch and we did the, you know, we had a pretty good relationship for a while. I mean, it's, it's not what it should be now. Yeah. Um, it's not what I would, I'm hoping I have with my children when they're older. Yeah. Um,
0: well- I guess my question too, just to circle back just for a second to maybe cause I didn't grow up in church and and I didn't grow up with a faith really in in God. I kind of knew who he was and believed that yeah, he exists, but I wasn't anywhere near that most of my you know, young adult life. Did that did was there a, a play there? Um a, a spiritual component at all in your life? Like did you have a a relative or a grandmother or somebody that you kind of looked from afar that you were like, okay, they're good people. They go to church. You know, was there ever curiosity or when did you kind of happen into a faith?
1: I I had my friend Josh that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, so his his family, uh his dad, Moon Pie, and her his mom, uh, Miss Rhonda, and Moonpie passed away uh, a few years ago. And uh, in a deer stand of all places. Um, he was, he was a great guy. Great man. I looked at him as a, my home. My son is better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when. Start over. Yeah. Start that again. Moon pie. So, yeah. So my friend, Josh and his parents, uh, Moon pie, Miss Rhonda, they, they began taking me to church when I was probably nine or 10 years old and i went to church with them all through middle school and um into you know into even into high school and so they they got me involved in youth groups i started going on youth group trips and all yeah. that so i began seeing other families and how they operate cuz like what i was witnessing was my normal i didn't it was like i knew it wasn't right but i knew i didn't know any different in a way yeah and so seeing other families and you know families how they operate and they tell each other they love each other and things like that it really opened my eyes to 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 love you know even going to church you know because that's kind of what God is based on is is yeah. love and um it's what he is based on uh not kinda mm-hmm. and it, it it really helped it was a saving grace for me i mean um I, when I got baptized i I invited uh, Josh's mom and Josh to my baptism because of that reason. Cause, uh, I never forgot like what they did for me. They didn't have to do that. I mean, it was just yeah. a simple gesture just to take me to church, but they didn't have to, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm just, I was really grateful. I had other families that, um, kind of took me in under their wing. Like when I went to high school, I became really good friends, uh, with a guy named, charlie richardson he's in the marines still he's he is uh he's not a, he's above a captain now i believe i can't remember what rank he is but um <clears> so my friend my, i had a football coach named david bruce all right david bruce started dating charlie's mom they're not together anymore it was like it was a brief relationship but uh when i was in high school i went to charlie's house because all my my other friends didn't play football but I did so me and Charlie became really close we were both on a football team and then coach Bruce was around all the time and I was at Charlie's house like every weekend through high school so I became really close uh to coach Bruce and and that's when I was like I want this is what I want to do for a profession I mean Mm. I want to be I want to be a coach I want to I want to have this kind of impact on somebody else right uh, and Coach Bruce was a hard-nosed coach. He wasn't – he he was like the old-school coach that you think of. Like, he was in the Marines before he became, got into education. I mean, he was he, – Sounds, he, like he Sounds like my dad. Sounds like my dad. Yeah,
0: very hard-nosed. Yeah.
1: And – but I was like, there was something about him, like the stories he told and, like, you know, how he made me feel. I remember the first time I was in pads, like we had a spring practice because our high school was brand new when I went there we were the first year to going through. And I remember we were having practice on this old rundown field and it just wasn't even developed yet. And he's like, you're going to make me say, Oh Lord, if you hit this guy hard or something like that. And, 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 and uh just, he just had a really magnetic personality about him. And um, so he, he was the reason I got into physical education and ended up, you know, uh, become majoring in health and physical education in college. Um, it's what I wanted to do since I was a senior in high school, and I, I went through it. I changed. I did change my major a couple of times, but I, I was like, you know what? I came here to be a PE teacher. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to go back <laughs> to education, and and uh, you know, I want to be a football coach and um, do what I was feel like I'm called to do.
0: Yeah. Did you? Uh, so, would you say Josh's dad was kind of the? Well, and your dad too. I I don't know, you know what he was like as far as you said he tried to do all the right things, but just had to work a lot. Um, between the two of them, is that kind of the picture of masculinity and what you thought that looked like, and what a real man was supposed to be? Or, I mean, like Josh's dad taking you to church. I mean, he sort of had the faith component in there as well, and he was a yeah. guy. I, you also, didn't mess with. As far as type.
1: my 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 dad, um, he he is he, he has great work work ethic. He was a hard worker. Uh, I believe I definitely got that from him. Mm-hmm. And as, as far as Josh's dad, um he, he, he just, he, he just cared, you know, he, I mean, he was a, he just, he's the kind of guy that would do anything for you. And so I, I definitely picked that up from Josh's um, family. And as far as coach Bruce uh, in high school, um, I just kind of learned that, you know, if I if I work hard, I'm I'm I can make something happen. You know, I, if I stay disciplined, I'm going to I'm going to achieve my goals.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, we get into a situation now as you look around the last few years, and and I mean, there's all kinds of different versions and different de- definitions of masculinity, and I mean, you being a Christian, me being a Christian, we kind of know what the model of that is Jesus and we've gotten far away from that, from a societal standpoint and what they think it is. Uh How did you like, tell me when you really kind of became a, a guy that was living for God. Like when did you become on fire All for right. your
1: faith? So uh, I began teaching my first job. um I was an athletic director of a middle school, uh Howard middle school and, I didn't know anything. Okay. I was like, I mean, all of a sudden I'm in charge of all the sports. We had several sports, girl and boy sports or male and female. And we had, I was in charge of fundraising, making money. And, and so, but I took it very seriously. I, um, I have, I have two role models that I, I want to point out. And as, as far as this, this question. So yeah, I had a, a, a guy that I, we started working together where I'm a first year teacher um, this other guy's name is David Hodges is a first year teacher and, and another guy named Terry Gaines, but David Hodges became the, uh, spiritual mentor that I didn't know I needed at the time. Um, it, cause at first I was kind of hesitant with David cause he, he was always talking about God and everything. And I was, I was kind of pushing it away and, but the more. Uh, hung out with them, we would take these walks while we would just take our classes outside to the field. And me and David would just walk around the football field and he would tell me about the Bible and how it worked. Okay. And then, and I, I started reading the Bible and I started doing like a one year plan and I went through the whole Bible and I became, and that's when I got saved. Mm -hmm. And, um, asked Jesus to be my Lord and savior. This was in 2013. And so David became a uh, spiritual mentor. And then soon after that, another um, man named Eddie Ashley. Okay. So Eddie Ashley was the county athletic director of Bibb County, where I live, the county I live in. Okay. Um, So, and I was the athletic director of a middle school, which is a, Not as big as a high school, okay? It's not the same responsibilities, but it's still a leadership position, and I wanted to be the best I could be at it. And Eddie Ashley was also one of my good friends in high school's dad, all right? And he was one of my baseball coaches. So I've known Eddie Ashley since I was like 15 years old, okay, and um, on the baseball side of things. I, I I played football and I played baseball. Yeah. Uh well, so Eddie was a is a devoted Christian and he became not just a leadership mentor for me as far as being an athletic director, but he also became a spiritual mentor for me. And he always talked about the dash. All right. Yeah. How are you gonna live the dash? That's one thing he always talked to me about. And in two thousand twenty. Uh, this and Eddie is larger than life. Okay, big man, just never thought anything bad would happen to him. And in 2020, he got COVID, and within a week, he was dead. Wow.
0: Hey, before we get back to the conversation here with our guest, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, a new partner, Uncommon, which is a ministry that is equipping. Uh, and empowering great men to become the husbands, the fathers, and leaders they were called to be. Go to uncommon.org. That's u-n-c-o-m-m-e-n dot org. Check out their content. Go to U version. Download their devotionals. Great team. Great people. Great men. And they're out there for you. They're out there with great content. And they're out there to encourage us to be the men we were called to be. So I want to thank. TJ and his team at uncommon. So now let's get back to the conversation with our great guest here at last in line. And
1: he was just, he was just an awesome man. I just, uh, I miss him. And so I I really want to highlight him on this podcast. That's good.
0: Yeah, no, I I think guys like that ought to be honored uh, all the time Um, because some of the, some of the things that made them great leaders and great people are, I mean, you don't see that everywhere nowadays, and so it's it's nice to hear. Uh, and we're trying to be that. I mean, obviously, for our kids, do you – I mean, you obviously have – how many kids you got, one or two? I have three. Three. All right. Okay, so
1: you got a son, you said, um, and you have a daughter as well? I have a daughter who's seven. My son uh, – I have a son that's 11, and I have one that's 13.
0: Okay. Well, uh I got three boys and a daughter, so I've got four and a couple of them are pretty, you know, pretty grown now and and but I mean I think about masculinity and how we have a, a responsibility uh to to pass that on and to show what that looks like. Man, about fatherhood, granted you you had to learn a lot of stuff on the fly as a parent, I'm sure. I mean, some of the things even, you know, I did too and but yeah. given your situation and background, I'm guessing you like didn't have a manual. You were reading about parenthood no, and, and I feel all that. Pretty so, incompetent,
1: to be yeah. Quite so, how do you, you?
0: How do you? I guess what what shocked you most about parenting? What like sort of? I don't know. Was most hard to understand and get good at in your mind? Like from the standpoint of of building these young people into good people.
1: Um, I think relationships important. Um, but I also think. And this is probably the hard part for me. Like, um, you know, I'm I'm their father, and they they need to. Uh, I'm here to help guide them. And it's, it's kind of like as Ryan Mickler says, and you know, I follow uh, listen to his podcast a lot. You want to um, God, how does he put it? There's a way that he puts this. You want them to. You want to raise them to be more independent
0: producers and, more than consumers. Yeah. Yeah. He talks a lot about that.
1: Yeah. And so I try to teach them things. I mean, I, I do feel like, Oh, I, oh, I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Uh, render yourself obsolete. Yeah. rent. That's it. That's render it. yourself obsolete. Yeah. And I, you know, I want them to learn things. I mean, I feel like I'm me personally, I feel very driven to, um, teach myself things and learn new things. And, I, I just try to pass that skill on to them. I want them to to be their full potential, you know. and I, uh, I don't want them to experience what I experienced. Now, I, I know I've said a lot of a lot of the stuff I said was very traumatic for me, and right. I, I've rare, really, few people know these stories about me, or me. Or and this is just kind of a taste of what um, I had to grow up in but I did have a a really positive childhood too. I had a core group of friends that I grew up, grew my whole life with, you know, and outside my doors, when I was away from my home, I was free and I was with my friends and we played baseball. It was a lot like the movie Sandlot. Like, yeah, we had a place where we played baseball. We even had a dog that would eat our balls. Like it was, we'd ride our bikes to the pool, you know, and (laughs) it was, it was just like that movie. And so I, um, not everything was terrible, but, when I came home, that's, that's when like right. I shut down and like, I feel like a lot of that shutting down is something that still plagues me today in a lot of ways, as far as just uh, confidence. And um, you know, I don't want to be, I think a lot of men, you know, don't want to be seen as a fraud, you know, and that's like a fear of mine. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. So how did you,
0: how did you get over that? Like, I know your wife probably has been a huge help for some of that.
1: My my wife is a very strong woman.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you do in those situations when you feel like shutting down? Cause that's just kind of your go-to of an emotion reaction. And and she knows rather than face something.
1: She, she calls me out on it and I'm usually, I may kind of get angry about it at first, but you know, I'm like, you know what? She's right. She's right. I gotta, I gotta face my fears and, I kind of love the uh, motto with Tim, you know, into the storm or face yeah. like the Buffalo, and buffalo. The, the Buffalo and the cow. I think about yeah. that a lot too, is, you know, the Buffalo faces the storm and um, I kind of run that through my head and like, you know, okay, I got, I got to man up in this situation and, and not let my, I don't like, my thing is, I don't want my past to define my future. And I, I've been mm-hmm. to counseling and, mm-hmm. um, when I first got married, like we went to counseling pretty regularly cause you know, my wife has some childhood issues as well, you know, and, uh, she wanted, she thought it'd be a good idea for me, um, to, to talk about my past and to a counselor. And, and it was very helpful cause I've never really talked about it and I was very open-minded about it. And I think that's important too, you know, <laughs> excuse me, I think it's important to be open-minded and, uh, that you, your your circumstance could really change the course for another person, you know, like it makes another person not feel alone. That yeah. hey, you know, this person they're doing okay, and they, they they experience some pretty traumatic things as well. Like I know I can get may give somebody hope that they can get through something something difficult. Some adversity. Yeah, uh,
0: agreed, agreed. I mean, that's why we really do this. I mean, I know you have a podcast too, but. I mean, it's not just always about people who've done tremendous things in their life and they're holding a trophy. And, you know, it's, it's also about people who have overcome stuff and by the grace of God and, and just redemption, you, you've stepped into this new life and, and it's, you know, being a dad, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're, you're, you're in the middle of it. You're a leader at school and the career you chose as a teacher, man, talk about education. I mean, look, my son is in public education. You're in public education. I I know that there's a thing. There's a huge kind of dark cloud hanging over it right now, and I obviously don't want to get you into trouble if you have certain opinions. I, I know no. you can't say stuff, but like overall, our, give us something to be encouraged about, maybe with well, public education.
1: I, you know, I, I can tell you as, and I'm not I'm not any like trying to brag on myself or anything. Okay, I'm just saying I'm one of the only males in the elementary P. Okay. I mean I mean excuse me. I'm one of the only males in the elementary school, school yeah. at my school, right? Yeah. And I can just I I have a different relationship with those students than anybody else. You know, they see me and they they I can tell that they they look up to me. I can yeah. tell that they love me. Yeah. And it's a good feeling as a, as a, uh, as a teacher. Cause I know that I can, if they're approaching me in this way, that I know that I can, I can make a difference in their life. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just found out, I just found out about a student that uh, may get abused at home and the student does not be- behave very well at school. And I didn't know any of this um, until today. And, Knowing that, I just I'm like, it gives me a, it breaks my heart first of all, but now I'm like, I can I can take it, I can approach this kid in a totally different way now that now that I know this, and maybe I can give him hope, or maybe, you know, if we we find out more that something can he can get in a better situation, yeah, um, so, I think as I think. There are probably – there needs to be more males in the school building. Uh, I think coaches, you know, some – PE teachers get a lot of crap for just being coaches, right? I mean, it's just like, oh, y'all don't do nothing kind of deal, right? Right. Uh, but I tell you that if you ask any – especially an athlete, you ask them who had the biggest impact on their life. Yeah. What are they – they're going to say their coach did. Of course. Because these coaches – Spend days and hours with with these students, like for years. And they're the dad,
0: they don't have maybe. Yeah, in some a lot cases, of times
1: it is. I mean, they were for me. You know. Yeah. I mean, I looked at my coaches. Like, I respected them. I put them on a pedestal. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I didn't want to let them down. Basically. Um. So I, I think having more males in education is is important. And it's, yeah. it's hard to be a teacher right now. It is it's hard. It is. And I, I my wife is a teacher and she teaches in the classroom and they do a lot more than I do. I will say that. I mean, I'm not, I know I said, and there's, there's probably a reason they don't like coaches because they have to write a lot of lesson plans and all that, but yeah, um,
0: a lot more structure. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to, to actually enforce any discipline at all now in the public schools well, at the I mean, high
1: school level, for sure. I can tell you at, like, say, my wife's school, they, they, it's, they don't, it, the kids know they're not going to get in trouble. Right. Okay. That's it. They don't, they know they're not, there's nothing's going to happen to them. That's it's right. a little bit different at my school that I work at. Um, uh, But, the yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's sad. It's like, they need a consequence. Like, kids need yeah. consequences. You that's know, right. You know I mean? That's how, that's the only way that they're going to learn. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying corporal punishment or anything like that. They just need some sort of consequence other than being talked to.
0: I will tell you, though, I'm quite a bit older than you, I'm guessing. But two things they took out of public schools that I think if we could trace back and see sort of the decline, the begin of the descent uh, of that system, I would say, is when they took out corporal punishment of the schools and they took out God from the school. Listen. those two things were pivotal.
1: Listen, my first my first year was the year I'm 40. Uh, how old are you? I'm 50. Okay. But, I, <laughs> I mean, not, you were, you you were probably 50. on the
0: tail end of that. Like, you probably got a little yeah. bit of that. So, my
1: first year, I had to hold a kid's hand. And the principal we had, she was probably this tall. Like, she was really short. And I had to hold a kid's hand on the desk, me and another guy, so she could spank him. Okay. Yeah. But I want to tell you something about her, this principal. She, I, she she was my principal when I was in elementary and she ended up hiring me at the school. And this was, she was only there one year. I was there and she moved on to a high school. But when she walked in that gym, a gym full of middle schoolers, they respected her. They shut, they shut up. I've never seen a principal do this. Okay. Except for maybe the one I got now, she could yeah. do it. But when every, and then we, the next principal we got was a big guy. He played football at Georgia Southern. Yeah, man. They ran all over him. They didn't really. Not, yeah. No respect. Cause he was, he, he, he did. He just did not hold kids accountable. Okay. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I got, I got tore up. I got my butt tore up a lot when I was in high, uh, in you know, elementary and, and middle school. But, uh, Cause we knew too, at that age, we was getting it when we got home too. Like if we got yeah. it at school, that was a, that was a thing. That was a deterrent back in the day. That's not, I, a I was, I was telling
1: somebody today. I said that we were talking about uh, spankings and I said, I remember the last time I got a spanking, I started laughing. <laughs> and he oh started, I, got, I started getting spanked harder. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the last time though, still, but I, yeah, it, it didn't get better when I started laughing. Well- <laughs> well, all right. So can you
0: give us kind of a glimpse? I know you're in elementary, but is your wife in, she's in another level? Is she middle school or?
1: She, she's she's school? at a different school. But elementary K. still? Yes, yeah, still. It's okay. second grade. Yeah. All
0: right. So just, I guess from an elementary, and I know your town's probably, I mean, you probably know enough about, it, so. yeah, you're in K through 12. So you see a lot. Uh, what's the kind of the state of fatherhood across the board? I know there's pockets of, Kids that don't have that. I know there's okay. a lot of that, but I, I it, what does it look like in your school?
1: All right. My school, I would say most of the fathers are present. My school is, it's not a private school, that's it's a charter school.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, but, I
1: got you. And it's, now my wife's school is the county public school system. I, and that's, I used to work there. I used, the school uh-huh. my wife was at, I used to work there. I've worked at other public. A lot different, huh? school we're making. Um, I would say at my wife's school. It's probably it's probably a little bit better than most schools in in Macon, but I would say the fa- there's a lot of fatherless homes. There's not a lot of male father um, male yeah. figures in, in around, and it's it's evident.
0: Yeah, and and in high school, like you're you're in a K through twelve, so you're saying that across the board, all ages, primarily, there's a good showing of dads that are present.
1: Yeah, at my school there is. That's cool. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. But I'm just wondering because, I mean, I live in a community. It's a big, it's 6A, it's a big Mm -hmm. school, and and there's a lot of diversity. And I think there's a good mix. You know, there's some that are and some that aren't around. But um, I'm telling you,
1: Macon's different.
0: We hear That's a lot different. about dads not being around. Even the ones that are at home sometimes are dropping the ball and they're not showing up because they're working all the time. You know, whatever. So what are you taking? What do you want to be as a dad? What what kind of dad are you trying to be? I mean, your kids are riding that sweet spot, man, of yeah. teenager coming up th- through the ranks.
1: Well, you know, you look at the stats of like, I've seen this chart. and I, I can't quote it exactly, but I've seen this chart where like, you know the each age, like the amount of time you're as a dad you spend with your son, right? And then seeing they're going to college, and then you know less the time and less, is very right? Slim. Yeah. The, um. The older they get, and yeah, I guess the ultimate goal for me, not that I want to be like my kid's best friend when they're older, but I want them to want to come see me when they're older. That's right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's okay? a good
0: goal, man.
1: I mean, I hope I I do a good enough job where they're like, maybe they hate me at times, you know, during their adolescence, but uh maybe when they're older and they want to come or they want to have me around at family gatherings and I'm not yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, but as uh as a father, I, I I want them to live their dreams out. I don't I don't want them to think. I don't want to hold them in a box either. Like, oh, you you have to do it this certain way. Yeah. I just think there's so many avenues to, to lead to success. Yeah. And if, like, I have one of my oldest son, he has kind of found his little niche and he's been in musical theater and he's gotten into acting and he's been in a few plays. And it's like, nice. Um, I took a drama class in high school and I had fun with it. And it was something I didn't think I would enjoy, but I didn't ever pursue like, yeah, acting or plays or anything like that, but man, he's killing it. You know, he's taking it off. So I'm, I'm like really seeing, love seeing him thrive. And then um my middle child, he's a, um, he's just since he was, see, since he was like three years old, he could, he could do anything with a ball. Like it's, just, and he's still very, very athletic. And it's just like, it's like if you took me and divided me in half, uh huh, I got. Like my son, my oldest son is like a side of me, and then my middle son is one of me, and then I have my daughter, and she is just so funny, and like she's just, um, you know, she's like they're all princess, and I I have a hard time telling her no, but yeah, um, yeah, she's kind of her own little person too, you know. It's just yeah, my kids, my kids now there's like things that my kids will not get to experience like I did, like I, you know, we went on our bikes and we didn't come back till till it was dark you know yeah yeah and they don't you know i think there's like this hysteria of like kids getting kidnapped or something right right don't happen anymore like you don't see kids riding their their bikes like that and i'm like thinking like i i live in a a nice neighborhood and it's 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 one way in and one way out and there's a fairly busy road that it leads on and that's the kind of roads i would ride on all the time when i was a kid i'm like Ain't no way I'm letting my kid ride on that exactly. road by a semi truck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're the
0: same same way. I I think we might have been we might have been a little too much into the paranoia of yeah. you know if you go around the corner and it's almost dark, someone's going to take you know yeah. we, we bought into some of that. That's one of the things I kind of wish we didn't do, but um, well, we have
1: to. I mean, it's it's it's. It's it's everywhere, but like, I guess what I was getting into is like, my kids won't get to experience some of those things. I did, but but they're totally, they're killing it. Like they're, they're doing awesome. And I love seeing the the, the people and that they're becoming, you know, even without without all that. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Well, uh, all right. So let's talk about kind of what you're doing on the side. I mean, we talked a lot about career and, and education and fatherhood, but, I know you're, you know, you're, you're obviously bringing them up in, in church and faith and they see you growing spiritually and hopefully they're coming along for the ride on that. Uh, cause that's a big deal. I mean, we need kids that are going to go out and storm the gates of hell when they get out of, out of your house. Right. I mean, we need to raise that generation that is not going to stand for certain things and we're going to live the Christian life and we're going to stay true to that. But, uh, I got to know how you, how you do, look, like I'm a coffee guy, man. I mean, I, that's when I first reached out to you. I'm like, Hey, me and you are going to be friends. Uh, <laughs> but, but how did you, why, why the coffee company, why the podcast kind of get into some of that stuff you do on the but, side?
1: Well, you know, like I said earlier, I was in a mastermind group with Jeff and Tim yeah. and, uh, I mentioned coach Ashley, coach Ashley earlier. And, uh, I just kind of had this vision of uh, I, I love coffee as well. And I just had this vision of coach Ashley drinking coffee in a coach's office. And I just had this vision of like, you know, black rifle has a coffee brand for the military. And I was like, why doesn't football have a <laughs> coffee, you know? And I was like, this could be like an avenue to really change, maybe you know, I guess a goal of mine and I haven't, necessarily done this uh, but was to maybe somehow fundraise for a struggling high school football program you know or um and then I was like yeah I could pair a podcast with it because I, I was like I like hearing football stories and so that's kind of like I love x's and o's as much as any football fan or football coach and but I was like I want to hear like the stories about football and hear like the the, the cool moments back in the day and um, so I tried to reach out to people and Brad Johnson was like the first person to, that did it. And man, he, he's awesome. Like, yeah. He's a super bowl champion quarterback. Like what's, he's why is he talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was, he was absolutely amazing. And so I started, I was like, I had this idea. It just hit me one night. I was like gridiron coffee. So I just started working on a logo for it. And at the time I was kind of messing around with trying to roast coffee beans. And I wasn't very successful at it uh but so I found like a roaster where I, that would roast them for me and I could just brand it um however I wanted and so uh, that's what I've been doing I've just been trying to uh build a brand around football and yeah that's cool uh, have, you know have a call have a podcast <clears throat> uh geared around uh stories stories from the gridiron that's what I call the podcast and yes I had some the Ted Rath from the Philadelphia Eagles who's like vice president of human performance um talked with me a few weeks ago and that that episode what? Went, yeah <clears throat> and after I heard him I was like the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl and this was like the beginning of January and I was like hearing his mindset and the mindset of the the franchise and his trust the process so yeah. they've been doing they've been sticking to this process for past couple years and it's like yeah. starting to show, it's starting to show the fruits of the labor here. And so that, that was really cool. So I, I definitely recommend going to hear that one. And the last one I just released was this guy named Kevin White. Okay. okay. All right. So <clears throat> Kevin White is an announcer for Utah state football. His story is unbelievable. He was like the Stetson Bennett of the 80s because he grew up right down the road from Utah State, played on the field as a kid, like grew up going to Utah State, did not get recruited by him. He had an amazing senior season, ended up going JUCO and winning the national championship. And don't give it all away, man. Make people okay.
0: go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, y'all need to go don't listen to this because
1: it- he had to overcome some um <laughs> that's awesome stuff. That well, is I, such an it, awesome episode.
0: It's funny uh, to it's funny to hear how we come up with some of these guests. I mean, as podcast hosts, I mean, you never would have guessed meeting certain people and then, you know, so-and-so introduces you to so-and-so, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're talking to somebody. It's crazy. I've had some crazy – I'm like, I would never – who am I?
1: There's another episode that barely has any listens that I have, and it's one of my favorite ones. Like, this guy was a national champion defensive end, didn't get recruited by anybody, from the, and he played for Nebraska – during the heyday, like his story is awesome, really. And how, how does it? Like, I just crazy. wish people would listen to this one. Like, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. If you're, if you're uh, heard of Coach Wardlaw? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Anybody that's probably follows football on TikTok has probably scrolled through his his feed and didn't even realize it. But it's as it's called, he's from South Carolina, but he moved to Texas because his wife's from there, and he's his. his he, he posts videos day in the life of a Texas football coach.
0: Okay.
1: And he's on Instagram too. Um, but we did a, a podcast together and he, that that was pretty cool. And his roommate in college is from Macon, which was just so random, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Such a small world. That's
0: crazy. Me. Where in Texas is he, do you know?
1: Oh man. I cannot remember his, the mascot is like the Jack rabbits.
0: We'll have to look, we'll have to look it up. Um. Uh, well, all right, man, before I let you go, I guess, give us a, give me a couple things as a parting shot, um, advice to dads. And maybe, maybe if you're, you're, you're talking to yourself too, like you're in the audience of a group of guys that okay. you're like, Hey, you guys do do this a little bit better and you've got and you'll and you will have made some ground. Like give us as dads some advice from Brad Lord and especially to yourself.
1: You gotta let your kids fail. Yeah. Yeah. They, they gotta experience failure. You can't you can't coddle coddle them yep. uh through that. Um they're gonna have to experience that and um, they're going to, you can't control their emotions. They're going to have to learn to feel yeah. what they're going through and, you know, you can guide them along, but I, th- I think, I think failure is the ultimate teacher. I mean, I feel yeah. like the, the biggest lessons I've learned in life are the times I just screwed up so bad Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like sometimes you just got to learn the hard way. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But you know, always you know, if your kids mess up, though, let them know that you love them. I think that's important. My my dad, my mom didn't tell me they love me growing up. Okay, and I think that maybe fuels some insecurities that I have today. You know. Yeah. So I think. Uh, yeah, telling your kids you love them.
0: That's you know, good, man. No, it's good. I tell kids when I used to coach baseball teams. um, that we learn a lot more from pain than we do from comfort. So, I mean, of course the failure is going to teach us a lot and, and we can learn from success too, but I think people shy away from failure. I think we avoid it at all costs and I think we run from it. We're scared of it. And uh, I mean, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a superpower if we can kind of figure out how to hone in on some of
1: that. I call it a fail to fail smarter.
0: Here we go. That's right. Well, Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's been awesome. Get to hear yeah, your story up close and, and, uh, man, I, I thank you for supporting us and thank you for like the connections with certain people. And and I might have to ask you again to introduce me to some folks, Absolutely. but, uh, whoever,
1: whoever you want.
0: Enjoyed it, man. And he, uh, audience, I, I hope you enjoyed this. Cause I mean, it's real world stuff and we're, we're talking to real guys and, and he's shaping young people and coaching and teaching and, trying to raise kids and love a wife. I mean, this is real stuff. I mean, just like you and I. So I enjoyed it. And with that, he's been Brad Lord. We've been last in line. Be blessed.